turn in your Bible to Philippians chapter 2nd. Philippians chapter 2nd, and actually this morning, uh, I know we may have up uh, the New King James Version. As I've said often, that's kind of my jam, the New King James Version. I like that version. But I want to read this passage to you from the New Living Version of the Bible, uh, if that's all right, if that's all right with you this morning. Beginning at verse 5 of Philippians chapter 2. The Bible says this, Paul told the church of Philippi this, he says, think as Christ Jesus thought. Jesus has always been as God is, but he did not hold to his rights as God. He put aside everything that belonged to him and made himself the same as a servant who is owned by someone. He became human by being born as a man. After he became a man, he gave up his important place and obeyed by dying on a cross. Because of this, God lifted Jesus high above everything else. He gave him a name that is greater than any other name. So when the name of Jesus is spoken, everyone in heaven and on earth and under the earth will bow down before him and every tongue will say that Jesus Christ is Lord. Everyone will give honor to God because of this name of Jesus. Now, in this series, we've already established the fact uh, that we need to have a relationship with Jesus. You need to know who he is because his name represents him. No, his name represents him. It's who he is, right? So we have to know the person, Jesus, in order to use that name. But boy, when you know the person, Jesus, and you understand the authority of that name, that every knee, those in heaven, on earth, and below the earth will bow to him, whether you believe in him, whether you believe him or not, the knee will bow. And every tongue, if you can speak, if you can talk, confess, will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. When you understand the authority of that name. And we understand that God is a God of spirits. Amen. He's a God. He's the father of spirits. And each of us needs, not just once, we need the name of Jesus. Amen. We need, if you're born again, you must have the name of Jesus. So what I want to do morning for a few moments is I want to explain the threefold purpose of his name because see we put we put a lot into names right we put a lot into names you know people would say when you hear the name Buddha you know that that means something Buddha or when you hear Dalai Lama or when you hear Allah or when you hear Muhammad or any number of names you know to a certain number of people it would mean to them. Amen? Yeah. Means something to them. 
But see, each of them, thank you, each of them that got a name, uh, my question is, how did they get that name? You see, one went up and then began to meditate. <laughs> and because he meditated and was enlightened, people reverenced his name. You know, another said, oh, I'm, a, I'm a prophet and, uh, you know, I've, I, I know some things more than what you know. And because he said that, people would say, well, your name must be important. But the name Jesus. See, there's a threefold purpose to that name. First of all, explain that he inherited his name. He inherited that name. And then I want to talk to you about how the authority of his name, he got that by conquest. Conquest. I'm going to talk about that. And then lastly, the name was conferred upon him. The name was conferred upon him. Amen. So first of all, he inherited the name. He inherited it. Hebrews chapter 1, beginning at verse, I want to get to verse 4, but beginning at verse 1, the Bible says this, it says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things. Now, hang on, hold on right there for just a moment. It says that in times past, he, he spoke to the, to the fathers by the prophets, in these last days has spoken to us by his son. Now, you have to realize that the writer of Hebrews, when he says the last days, was talking about the days in the time that he or she was alive. Amen? The time that he was alive. But nothing has changed from those last days until these last days. Amen. So it's been the last days of 2,000 years. We're still in the last days. So it says here, in these last days has spoken to us by his son. What that tells me is that if you don't know the son, then God don't be spoken to you. Amen? So you must know the Son in order for God to speak to you, the importance of the name. And it says, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, and sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by, watch this, inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they, whom he by inheritance has obtained a more excellent name than they. See, he has a right to the name. He inherited the name, meaning that he is an heir. He is a, a rightful owner 
of this name, this name that is above every name. And can I tell you something? The Bible says that we are heirs and joint heirs with Christ. So then if you know Jesus, if you know the son, then you also are an heir. Come on to that name. You have the right to use that name, the name that is above every name, the name that when it's spoken, every knee will bow. How many is left out of every? Every tongue will confess that he is Lord. You have a right to that name. He's an heir. He's an heir. He received the name. It was given to him. That's number one. See, the power of the name of Jesus can only be measured by the power of God. How much power does God have? All power. God backs up that name. God is standing behind that name. So when the name of Jesus is spoken, it's as if God himself is speaking that name. Do you not know that when Jesus comes back on a white horse, on his thigh is going to be written word of God? When you speak his name, you are speaking God's word that is powerful than any two-edged sword. Come on. We just read that his word holds up all things. I'm trying to get you to see the authority and the power of the name of Jesus. And then when you think about that, you must, like I must, look in the mirror and say, why don't I use that name? Why am I so fearful? Why in a situation do I not say, in Jesus' name? In Jesus' name. Why do I not end every prayer in Jesus' name? Understanding the authority of the name. He inherited the name. You might say, okay, he inherited the name. Well, he didn't really do anything, though. I mean, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, King Charles, right? I mean, his, his mama died, and uh, we pray for England, but he inherited the name. He didn't really do anything for it. Well, let's go on to the next point. See, he achieved authority in the name by conquest. And I hope you know what conquest means. <laughs> that means I go out to conquer right? That's what conquest means. Turn over in your Bible to Colossians chapter 2. Look at Colossians chapter 2, if you would. Or you have a way to get to scripture, you can get to the internet, biblegateway.com, Bible app, whatever you might have. You might have it, you might have memorized it, I don't know. But Colossians chapter 2, I'm looking at verse 11, it says, in him, who him? Jesus him. You were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him, come on somebody, buried with him in baptism, side note, that's why you shouldn't be sprinkled, don't get mad at me for that, I'm just talking about the Bible. It says to be buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead, and you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, 
having forgiven you all your trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of the requirements, the King James says ordinances, that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Now here's, here's what I want to get to. Watch this now. Watch this. Having disarmed. Do you know what disarmed means? Disarmed means that somebody was armed. Somebody was armed. They had a weapon. And you didn't ask them, please lay down your weapon. That's not how you disarm somebody. That's how you ask them to lay down their weapon. But if I'm going to disarm you, I'm going to come in and I'm going to take the weapon from you. Tell you to get out. He disarmed principalities and powers. And he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them this is jesus we're talking about who's an heir and who you are a joint heir with come on somebody he disarmed them come on you disarm a suspect you take away their weapon you just don't say give me your weapon you take it he took it now who are these principalities and powers who are we talking about? He disarmed principalities and powers. Well, over in Ephesians 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Let's look at this. Familiar passage of scriptures to what I call you old heads. That don't mean you old. That just means, you know, you know a lot of scripture. Come on. Ephesians chapter 6 is a very familiar passage. Paul said to the church at Ephesus, he said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, Put on the whole armor of God, you know it, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. What does that tell you? That tells you people are not your problem. You might think people, you think your boss is your problem. You think your husband is your problem. You think your professor is your problem. But people are not, you think that person that just cut you off in traffic is your problem. People are not your problem, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand. See, what you have to realize is heavenly, when we think of heavenly places, usually what comes to mind is heaven is somewhere out there. I think that's a song, somewhere out there, right? Way in space, in the celestial. But what we have to understand is what God is talking about through the Apostle Paul here is heaven is simply the spiritual realm. It's the spiritual realm. It's right here with us, the heaven he's talking about. It's right here with us. It, heavenly places means the spiritual realm. And Satan has no real, real power, even though he is in the spiritual realm, because Satan is part of this principalities and powers and rulers uh, of the darkness of this age. If you remember, I don't want to go back to it, but if you remember in a message past, we talked about how Satan is the ruler of this age. Jesus himself said it, that Satan is the ruler of this age. So he's who we're talking about here. 
But the Bible said we get scared of him because the Bible says he goes about like a lion, like a roaring lion. And that kind of scares us a little bit. But let me just give you something in that that, that, will, that will make you say, oh, well, I ain't so scared. Because it says he goes about like a roaring lion. It says he goes about like a roaring lion. It says he goes about like. It doesn't say he's a lion. He's trying to act like a lion. Come on. The bark don't do nothing. It's the bite that'll get you. And Satan don't have that. He got the bark. He has the roar. But you do the bite yourself. Come on. God, the devil didn't make you do it. <laughs> right? You do the bite yourself. And I believe that for Satan's part in the crucifixion, we know that Jesus gave himself. We don't, don't get it twisted. You know, he didn't, he didn't trick him. And he, gave, he knew he was going to do that from the foundation. A lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. We know that. But for Satan's part, what part he thought he had in the crucifixion, right? And remember, he only tries to speak into your ear and he, all those things. He was signing his own death warrant. See, if Satan knew if Satan knew what was going to happen, he would have tried to keep Jesus alive as long as he could. But he didn't know. He didn't know. Satan has no spiritual might. He just, he, he, he has thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. Tis. Thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. That's all he can give you. He only tries to speak a word in your ear and get you to confess whatever it is he wants you to confess. I'll go as far as to say this. Satan is a dumb spirit, to be honest with you. Well, when I say dumb, I mean really ignorant. There's some knowledge he doesn't have that you have. Now, I know what you're saying. I know. I get a couple of amens, but some of you are like, well, 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 he was smart enough to fool me. Well, I don't know what that says about you and me because I've been fooled, too. But Satan is not that smart, folks. I'll prove it to you. Turn over to 1 Corinthians. <laughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 2. You might not have looked at this this way before. I've read this a thousand times and never really looked at it in this way. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. All right. And I'm going to begin at verse, five, verse, six, verse 6. Verse 6. Paul said this to the church of Corinth. He said, however, we speak wisdom. He's talking about him and his boys. We speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. If you remember, we already established that Satan is a ruler of this age. I've always looked at that as maybe the kings and queens or the president. And if he, that, that is, those are some of the rulers of this age as well. But he's referring here to the rulers of this age, principalities and powers here, who are coming to nothing. But we speak wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages of our glory. Watch this. Watch this now. If you read along with me, watch this. Whew. Which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They didn't know. They didn't know. You have more knowledge than your adversary. You have more revelation than your enemy. Why are you scared? Why are you scared? Why are you so fearful? 
God didn't give you the spirit of fear. I know Paul told Timothy that, but he's saying it to you today. He didn't give you that spirit, but of power and of love and a sound mind. You can make good decisions because God gave you the spirit of a sound mind. You can do it. Even if you haven't done it up till now, you can make good decisions. God gave you a sound mind. Come on. He gave you a sound mind. All right. You there, where are we at? In, the, in Corinthians, go over to Hebrews. Back over to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 2. I know it's a lot of scripture, but listen. It's all about the word. It's all about the word. I can't just give you what I feel. All right? When we talk about the name of Jesus, you need to hear the word. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 2. Look at verse 14. Look at, four, look at, start at verse 10. Verse 10. It says, for it was fitting for him... For whom all are all things and by whom are all things in bringing my sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings for both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one. For which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren saying I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly, I will sing praise to you. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, here am I and the children, uh, the children who God has given me inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood. He himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil, in case it's not plain to you. Destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. And release those through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. You're free. You are free of the bondage of fear. If you didn't realize it before now, realize it now. God spoke it to you through the writer of Hebrews that you are free through fear of death. You were all your lifetime subject to bondage, but today you are free. Why? Because Jesus destroyed him who had the power of death. You know what this word destroy in the Greek means? It means abolish. It means to deliver from, to do away with, to loose from, to bring to nothing, to make void without effect. He destroyed him. Don't tell me he can't do it. Don't tell me he's not a conqueror. This is who you rolling with today. The destroyer of evil, not the one who escaped evil, not the one who just barely got by. The destroyer of evil, that's who you're rolling with this morning. Come on. You are a co-heir with Christ. You're a co-heir with Christ. What, turn over to Luke. A couple more things here. Turn over to Luke chapter 11. This, is a, this one is interesting to me. Jesus is speaking here over in Luke 11, and he's really speaking parabolically. But what, what's interesting to me is he's really, ironically to me, speaking about himself here in this, in this particular passage. In Luke 11... Verse 21, I know, making your work. I ain't putting all the scriptures up there on the board this morning. You got to work a little bit. So turn over there. Turn over there with me. Come on, you can do it. Luke 11, look at verse 21. 
Jesus is talking. He says, when a strong man, fully armed, fully armed, guards his own place, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. Can I tell you this morning that that's essentially what Jesus did? He overcame and he disarmed Satan on the cross. All the while, Satan thought he was winning. I'm winning this war. And he was getting destroyed at the same time. Jesus destroyed him. He destroyed evil. Folks, you are free. Jesus became a victor over three realms. Heaven, earth, and hell. Those above the earth in heaven, those on it, and those below it. He's a victor over three, all the realms. Come on. All of them. All of them. Remember in Matthew 28, Jesus spoke and he said, all authority has been given to me. All authority. How much authority is in the name of Jesus? When I say the name of Jesus, I, I just don't know. It might. I'm going to try the name of Jesus. And it might. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And then we are the body. Come on. And he, he immediately after he said that went to heaven. And if Jesus is the head and we are the body, then the body has the authority that the head has because they're connected. Are we connected to the head or not? Then we have that same authority in the name of Jesus. So he inherited the name, but he also conquered. He also has authority in that name by conquest. This is who you're rolling with. I know you might want to roll with Buddha. And you might think, Allah's got something going on. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm telling you. That's like, uh, you know, Johnson State playing against Alabama. It's not even that. You know, some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. You're like, I don't even know. If you're a college football fan, you know. You know, it, it's, it, there's no contest. No contest at all. It's not even a contest. He conquered. And then lastly, his name was conferred upon him. What do I mean? Well, let's go back to the beginning. Philippians chapter 2, verse, beginning of verse 5, it says, let this mind be in you. By the way, look at what Paul is saying. You have to let it be in you. You know, if you don't, you don't believe all this stuff, I don't, you know, you talking about that, you know, Brother Mike and all this name of Jesus. And yeah, I, I, that's just something we say. And all right, well, this is what Paul is saying. You have to let, you have to allow, you have to receive this. Let this mind be in you. You have to let it. Stop preventing it. And we have to dig into the word to find out how Jesus thought. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God. Why? Because he was God and he is God, but made himself of no reputation. Here's what I'm telling you, folks. The creator of all things, the creator of you and me, in order to win you back, subjected himself to his own creation Come on, somebody, uh, in order to show you the love that he has for you to win you back. And then took all the authority in the universe, and now you share that with him. Tell me he won't do it. What kind of God is that? 
He'd do it. He made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of men, being found in the appearance of a man. He humbled himself and, uh, he, and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, or because of that, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on earth, of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is after the resurrection. This is after the resurrection. You know, back in, we were reading in Hebrews 1, uh, back up in verse 3, it says, who being the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better, so much better than the angels, he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. His name is excellent. Watch how you use that name. Can I just give you another side note? You know, the Bible talks about, it's in the Ten Commandments, and the Bible talks about using the, the, the Lord's name in vain. You know, that just doesn't mean cursing with his name. You know, it means using his name in any other manner than the way he said to use it. I mean, you would feel that way. I mean, if I use your name, Brother James, in a way you didn't want me to use it, you, 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 you heard it. I, I heard it growing up. Don't call me out my name. Come on, you didn't said it. You know you did. You know you did. And so Jesus would say the same thing. Don't use my name. When you're riding down the street, somebody cut you off, you say, Jesus. Well, what did you mean by that? Did you mean Jesus save him? Don't use his name in vain. Okay. Back to the task at hand. We're going to finish this off. So one last scripture. One last scripture. Ephesians chapter 1. One more. I know. Last one. We're about to go home. I know. You're hungry. Don't worry. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Look at verse 19. It says, watch this. And what is the exceeding greatness? I love these words. <laughs> the exceeding greatness. He ain't great. God ain't great. I know y'all say God is great. God ain't great. He's a, he exceeds greatness. Come on. Of his power toward us who believe. That's the key. Toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Two words. Far above. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age which is to come. Jesus is not just above principalities and powers, right? He's just not above. He's not a little bit uh, more than them. 
You know, I, I always talk about, you know, if you're a teacher and you, for, for example, in church and you teach Bible study, you don't have to be afraid of that. All you have to do is be one step ahead of those that you're teaching. I remember Brother Elder was telling me that some years ago. You know, just be, do your studying and just be one step ahead because you're really facilitating, right? And you just got to be one step ahead. You know, Jesus, he, he's not just one step ahead of Satan. The Bible says far above principalities and power. That's who you rolling with. Far above principalities and powers. And so think about that. When you use the name of Jesus, you got to know him. You do have to know him. But if you know him, saints, if you know Jesus this morning, then you have a name that is above every other name and satan has no power over you stop giving him credit in your life i know things happen i know you trip up i'm not saying that of course of course things happen and and you trip and you fall and all that just stop giving him credit he's an ignorant spirit we read that come on i'm just i'm just calling it like i see it now come on he, he will call you ignorant he talk about you behind your back right he's an ignorant spirit he has to have your cooperation either on purpose or by your ignorance or my ignorance. Come on. He's an ignorant spirit. But you have the name that is above every name. For that name to be effective in your life, it's not a magic word. It's not abracadabra. It's not. You have to know him. You have to know him.